and welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, my name is John. Hey, you know it's Dugo over here. What's going on, folks? Hope you're ready for some great content tonight. You're goddamn right. Welcome to the month of March. This is where things start to get exciting. As some of you may have watched over the weekend, we have the NFL Combine. And so today we're going to talk about running backs. We're going to get into tight ends. Uh, we're going to go ahead and discuss who we think that our wide receiver one is from this draft after looking at the combine results. I'm going to give you all some insight into who you should be looking into as we get closer to draft season. Before we before we get into everything, Jahiah, there were some there was some news that came out of you know all the talks and wonders of the NFL today. Uh, one of those being that Derek Carr actually signed with the New Orleans Saints. being that Derek Carr actually signed with the New Orleans Saints. And so I think that going into this next season, I feel like you could actually look at the Saints or people that you want to actually have on your team. I think he could definitely elevate those wide receivers and even tight ends, even Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. I think that he could be elevated with more of a you know dual threat role like he was before. So today I'm on Twitter after all the news broke of Derek Carr being traded to, or I guess not traded, but he signs with the Saints. So I'm on Twitter, I'm looking at kind of all the post reaction, and one question that I saw posed a lot was, you know, how does Derek Carr affect Chris Olave? Uh, Dugo, let me ask that to you. How does Derek Carr affect Chris Olave? You know, I like I said, I think that he elevates all those wide receivers, tight ends, basically that whole offense. I think that it's going to be nice to, for him to have a breath of fresh air. I mean, it kind of stinks, you know, like they obviously brought in Devontae Adams for this guy, and then ultimately it all goes south. But nonetheless, I think that for Derek Carr, I think this is a good choice for him. I think that there's a lot of weapons, and with that, obviously, maximize the rest of those assets. Does this elevate Derek Carr to top 10 status as far as fantasy quarterbacks going into 2023? Well, let's, I guess for right now, let's put the brakes on that. I would say probably more close. I'd put him in my top 12, uh, but top 10 right now, I'm not too sure. I want to see what they do in the draft and free agency, everything like that. I got him closer to maybe QB 14, 15-ish. Okay. um, Somewhere in the middle. Uh, but, you know, they're another team that possibly could go out and draft one of these wide receivers that we saw at the Combine. Oh, fuck yeah, brother. And so, looking at everything that we saw on Saturday from the wide receivers, Jordan Addison was probably a guy who went in with a lot of high hopes. He was probably a lot of people's wide receiver one. Uh, but coming out of the weekend, JSN went crazy. He had a great day. And it looks like he's more likely than not to be the first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. Uh, is JSN your wide receiver one? Yeah, right now he definitely is. Um, I think uh, Quentin Johnston probably slid into my number two uh, slot over the weekend just with everything that he did. I mean, just physically, uh, his numbers were really good. But I want to – let's switch over to either, you know, running backs or tight ends because I want to touch on – I want to touch on wide receivers next week uh, – you okay. know, so we can fully so you want to hold off on wide receivers? Yeah, let's move off the wide receivers quick. So, we, uh, yeah, let's get into the meat of what we wanted to talk about this week. So I want to go and I want to start off with the running backs. We'll get into tight ends and we'll move forward from there. If we're starting with running backs, it was pretty much everything you guys expected. Devin H.A. ran the fastest 40 of the group with a 4-3-2. Beep, beep. 
Bijan Robinson was elite all around the board, whether it be in off-tackle recognition drills and Texas routes, uh, just looking at his hole awareness, his speed, everything looked approximately where we estimated them to be. And so we didn't have too many, I guess, big disappointments, uh, but there were some guys who maybe we uh, didn't respect as much that kind of climbed up the charts a bit. And one of those guys was actually uh, my boy Devin A. Chain, who I had uh, as maybe the third best combine performance uh, from this weekend, Dugo. Uh, Devin A. Chain, how tall is he? He's, what, like 5'9", I want to say? Uh, so at the combine, he measured in 5'8 and a half, 188 weight. That's not great. 188 is a, I, you know, I guess uh, weight Way to be at, but 5'8 is a little bit short. It's a little bit outside of that prototypical 5'10, 5'11 size we like to see out of those running backs. Looking at Devin A. Chain, he ran a 4'3240. He's an explosive player, maybe the most explosive player in this draft class. Um, but we had some other guys too, like uh, Kenny McIntosh, who jumped up the charts to go. Uh, Kenny McIntosh played for the Georgia Bulldogs, right? Yeah, he played for Georgia, but I, I'm going to keep the uh, buck with you. I feel like Kenny McIntosh, just with the 40 that he ran, he honestly underwhelmed me. I mean, he ran a 4.62. I mean, for a running back, that's not great. It's not the best kind of film that you want to put on there. I mean, he might have solidified himself as maybe like a one-down back going forward, in my opinion. He's a great pass catcher. But other than that, I mean, at that speed, you probably just want him in the backfield blocking for you. And then going out and getting a quick little, you know, 10 yards or something like that. But I just feel like at that speed, I mean, he has the size that you want. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's six foot, like 200 pounds, which is cool. Like, that's great NFL size. But he's just lacking that speed that makes him, you know, like a, a prolific talent. Yeah, his straight line speed wasn't great in the 40. He ran a 4.6, uh, 4.62, like Dugo said. And so looking at just speed, I mean, it's not what we'd like to see him run. I estimated he was going to be in the high 4.5s, uh, but obviously he fell below that. But because of his prototypical size at 6 foot, uh, 204 pounds, because of the fact that he played in the SEC against essentially NFL defenders uh, while you know he played at Georgia, he looks like what... a three down back looks like in today's NFL game. Right now, Kenny McIntosh in fantasy drafts is being drafted somewhere around the third or fourth round if you guys play in one quarterback uh, fantasy leagues. And so I moved him up my draft rankings. Uh, right now I have Kenny McIntosh within my uh, top seven running backs from this class. Hey, if you guys are enjoying the episode, do us a favor and go ahead and give us a follow on whatever audio platform you're currently streaming on. It goes a long way towards supporting the show. And it lets us know that you guys enjoy the content. Uh, back to the episode. All right. And I guess, you know, outside of that, I mean, were there any running backs that caught you by surprise or that caught your attention? Uh, so, honestly, there were a couple that honestly really impressed me. So, I guess the one that, to this point, I'm still, like, amazed by. I'm still a little upset he didn't run a 40, but Tajay Spears, dog. I think Tajay Spears, in all of the drills that they did when he was out there, he did the vert. He did 39 inches that, I mean, so it's a little more than what Bijan Robinson had done. And also uh, with the broad jump, I believe he had jumped further than Bijan as well. Bench, he had 18 reps, so it 
that's not the biggest concern to me. I mean, when you look at him, though, he's 5'10", 200 pounds. Like, he's good size. Like, that's a guy that I'm willing to kind of take a shot at, especially because I think he does play around the same speed as, like, a Jameer Gibbs. But mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that Tajay has a little bit more power behind him if I'm going to keep it a buck. So I'm really excited to see what Tajay Spears can do. I'm also pretty high right now on uh, Chase Brown as well. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? Yeah, I like Chase Brown a lot too. Yo, this guy, he went off at the combine, and I think that he definitely improved his draft stock. The only reason why I'm not super, super high on this guy right now is just because of age. He is a redshirt senior, and I'm pretty sure he's one of those guys who took advantage of the COVID year as well, so... I think he's probably around like 23 or 24 right now coming out into the draft. So that's not the greatest thing in the world to see just with that age, especially as a running back who's taken all those hits already. So we'll see where his draft stock goes. I think he'll still be relatively fresh. I mean, Illinois wasn't the greatest, so they weren't running a lot up until this year. So we'll see what happens. But I think that those two kind of stood out to me. One thing I actually kind of do like when it comes to running backs coming out as seniors is I like it when those running backs can fill like a third down role. So when, you know, you talk about a Chase Brown who, you know, once again, as Dugo said, is coming out as a senior. Chase Brown's only about 5'9", with uh, about 209 pounds to him, but he ran an amazing 40, uh, running a 4-4-3. Now, Chase Brown is one of those guys that can catch the ball extremely well, and he's relatively, he's actually damn good at finding a hole and just bursting through the hole, which is going to give him... You know, it's going to give him run on a lot of different offenses. He's a guy who came in, he dominated the combine. And when I say dominated, I mean this guy was top five in most of the combine metrics when you talk about broad jumps, when you talk about 40, when you talk about vertical, when you talk about all the stuff that kind of measures, you know, explosiveness. Mm -hmm. Chase Brown could very easily be taken maybe in the third or fourth round. And I think that if he ends up in a situation like a Miami, um, potentially even like an Arizona or in Denver, he he can add a lot to an offense and i think that um i think that some he's someone who kind of showed how explosive he was during the combine uh this weekend and if he falls into you know a situation in which he's running maybe like his own offense uh i could see this guy being explosive at the next level and we could potentially be talking about Chase Brown as a top 15 running back in all of fantasy so he's a guy that i think right now you can also go and get in the third or the fourth round and he has uh, the potential to give you some pretty solid ROI. So Chase Brown is a guy that I would, uh, I'm would i going to co-sign with you. Um, and I think that uh, you guys should all keep an eye out for. Yeah, uh, one last tidbit um, that from this combine that kind of impressed me. I will say that I was impressed with Zach Charbonnet running a 4-5. I thought he was going to be around the 4-6 area. So uh-huh. props on him to getting down to 4-5. Yeah. Charbonnet. Uh, Zach Evans did not participate in the combine this year he's somebody who's obviously projected to go towards the top of the board i love zach evans dugo how do you feel about the guy so far i mean i like him i mean he does everything that you kind of want a running back to do he also came out of sec which you know we love yep um you know there's just some question marks just because of not performing at the combine i'm assuming he'll probably perform at his pro day most of those question marks will probably be answered for me but I just want to see how fast this motherfucker is. One thing I'm going to say about Zach Evans that does scare me is the fact that, you know, in his offense in college, it seemed like he was one of those guys who 
he was like an outside zone running back. All his work was around the edge of the line of scrimmage. He wasn't extremely productive running between the tackles up the middle. And so, you know, I kind of have some questions about his, uh, I guess, like his judgment, his whole awareness. Like, is this guy, you know, does he have quick reaction? And he's somebody that has the potential to be, I think, a solid RB2 for your fantasy team. But he also has the potential of just being relegated to a third down role in which he just has to kind of make a career out of it. Yeah, man, I, like I said, I think that the pro day is definitely going to answer a lot of those questions. So I think we can swing back around and talk, talk about him later once. I mean, hopefully, like I said, hopefully he does perform as pro day so we can get yeah. some of those question marks answered. For sure. Let's talk about tight ends, though. Yo, honestly, if you are an NFL team and you need a tight end, this is honestly your draft. I know that that was said during the combine, but, yo, it's honestly true. I mean, there's a lot of guys that really impressed me this uh, this year at the combine. Some guys that kind of, I mean, they aren't elite, so they didn't really necessarily take huge dips, in my opinion. But I think that at the end of the day that these tight ends, I mean, some of them definitely made their money. Yeah. Uh, so first guy that I want to talk about who absolutely performed his ass off, and I think I might have called it last week leading up to it, but Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion. This guy is an absolute freak. So he measured in at 6'7", but honestly, I don't know if that's true or not. Or if they just screwed Darnell Washington, but they took a picture together, and Darnell Washington was probably a good three inches taller than him. Nonetheless, I mean, he's still, you know, a good size for a tight end. I love what he did as far as uh, these numbers, though. This guy ran a 4.55. He had a vertical jump of 40 inches. He's the first guy that measured at like 6'7 who's been able to jump a 40, so that's unreal. And then this guy also put up 23 reps on bench as well, which was towards the top for the tight ends. So I think that it shows that he can do some blocking if needed. Yep. Yo, I I really like this guy. I I don't know if you guys follow us on Twitter. You guys definitely should at the Gumbo Pod. But I saw that this guy could possibly be a top 10 tight end coming up in the next four years. I think this guy just needs to get integrated into a system. We always talk about there's about like a three-year transfer for tight ends to actually get good in the NFL. It takes about three years for tight ends to integrate themselves, yeah. But I think that this guy, I think he already has the catching and all that stuff mastered down. I think what he needs to do is just put on a little bit of weight as far as muscle. And I think that this guy just needs to work on his run blocking a little bit. And I think we could be looking at a superstar. Uh, do you have like a projected round that you think he'll go in the NFL? Honestly, dude, I have no clue where he would be going in the draft because people always, I mean, they value these guys so differently, I feel like. I mean, there's people that I feel like could take Darnell Washington the first, and so... Dog. Dog. I mean, like, it just depends on where they kind of draft these tight ends. Like, Zach Kuntz, he's coming from a very small school. He's a redshirt senior, so he's probably a little older in age. He transferred from Penn State, though, and Penn State's a fucking tight end machine, I feel like. Uh I think that he does everything that you want. I mean, he he didn't show a lot of production, but he was kind of hurt, I think, throughout college, which sucks. 
But if he can just get his shit together, and if he can, like I said, put on a little bit of weight to make sure that he can stay a little healthier. I mean, he, he measured in at uh, 255, so still good size, but I just feel like he needs to put on a little bit of muscle so he can stay healthy. After the weekend, who is your tight end one in this class? So, that's kind of a loaded question. I think overall, I would have to say Darnell Washington. I just love the monster that he is. I think that he can fulfill all the as or aspects of the game. When you're adding him, you're getting that sixth offensive lineman, which every single NFL team wants because they want to run the ball. And, I mean, when you looked at what he was doing as well, he was catching the ball relatively well. In the NFL, a lot of these tight ends, when they're getting their pass catches and stuff like that, they usually are schemed open, so I'm not too worried about that. This feels eerily similar to Jelani Woods. I don't think he's Jelani Woods at all. I think that this guy is Mercedes Lewis in the second coming. Now, he played at a big program. He played at Georgia. He was, you know, uh, one of Georgia's tight ends. Uh, obviously, they're fresh off the uh, national championship. Back-to-back years. He played against good teams and good defenses. I believe last year he had something around 28 catches on the year for a few hundred yards. Nothing, like, insane. Um, But you look at his athletic ability. You look at, you know, some of the tight ends the SEC has produced in the last few years. Typically, you know, great pass catchers. Um, I think Darnell Washington could be this year's version of that. I don't have him as my tight end one. I still have Michael Mayer as my tight end one. I don't think that Mayer is going to necessarily test well at the combine. I he hold, didn't. I, he we, didn't test well at the combine, but I don't hold that much weight to tight ends and their combine performances. Look, man, I do. I mean, I feel like that's kind of – you want to see what's – you know, you want to see a tight end as an athlete. You don't want to see someone who looks like they're pulling a trailer when they're running. And that guy ran a four seven, and he's – 6'5", like 240. I I just feel like he should have done a little bit more. Michael Mayer was also the most productive tight end, arguably, of any of these guys last year against real-life competition and not just in, like, shorts and no pads. That's You're not terribly wrong with that, but, I mean, when you look at the amount of other targets that Notre Dame had compared to some of these other teams that actually had recognition with their wide receivers... Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's a little bit of misleading with that. When I look at tight ends, and this is just me, I judge them more so than a lot of offensive positions just based off of what they do on the field, what they do when they get their hands on somebody. How do you block? How do you catch in traffic? Are these athletic traits you're exhibiting during the combine, do they still apply when you're in the heat of action? Or are you just a combine freak? But when I look at a Michael Mayer, he's one of those tight ends to where I mean, regardless of what happened on this particular, you know, Sunday or Saturday, the last three years, he's been one of the most productive amongst his class for a reason. I like Darnell Washington a lot. I think that he really increased his uh, his rankings, and he might go in the first round this year. But Mayer is a locket guy for me. I think that he's someone who's going to be, him and Jordan Addison are two of my favorite value picks this year. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just not loving it with Michael Mayer. I feel like he might be my widest or my tight end three at this point. Okay, and that's I'd, fair. i probably put Dalton uh, Conkin or Kincaid above oh, him man. as my tight end two. But I don't know, man. There's just something about Michael Mayer that I'm just not loving. But right. just to kind of give you guys a little bit of a rundown of uh, the guys that I did love. So Darnell Washington, obviously. Zach Kuntz, I thought, had the best performance out of the tight ends. 
Uh, Hunter Craft or Tucker Craft, he's the tight end from South Dakota State. I think that he put up some numbers that I think, you know, made it all my question marks about him and what he was doing at South Dakota, you know, make sense. Like, he was killing it, and he kind of killed it at the combine. He had some really good measurements. And then Sam uh, Laporta, he was the tight end from Iowa. He also had a good combine. Super good combine, man. I think that, I mean... I don't know what the hell Iowa is doing, but Sam Laporta and um, the defensive end that's coming out of there as well, I I don't know why they never utilize these guys, but they're absolutely killing it at the combine. They might be combine freaks, but, yo, they're legit. And then mm-hmm. my last guy that I was super impressed with that I think kind of made some money this week, uh, Will Mallory. He's the tight end from Miami. He had the best 40, and he also was pretty impressive everywhere else. Don't think he jumped that well, but I think that he showed that he could be a good receiving tight end in the NFL, or at least, you know, be one of those guys that's going to be out on the field because he's kind of a threat. Hey, sometimes, like we said, the best ability is availability. Can your guy get on the field? Yeah, man. I And also, I'm torn right now on Luke Schoonmaker. I mean, he's the tight end from Michigan. He has all probably the tangibles that you want. He's 6'5", he's 250, I'm pretty sure. You know, he went to Michigan, so you know that they run the ball and he's a good blocker. But the guy was just not super productive as far as his receiving numbers. And so it gives me a little bit of some, you know, like iffiness. Like he does check all my boxes from what I saw at the combine. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I want to see some production. I think the most he ever had for touchdowns in a year was three. Other than that, I feel like this guy could be my top five tight ends. Uh, if you guys were listening earlier, I had Chase Brown as one of my one of my risers in this draft process. Uh, Devin A-Chain is a guy who really showed me a lot. I have him within my top four running backs from this class right now. And uh, Kenny McIntosh standing at a six-foot close to 210 he didn't run that great of a 40 he ran like a 462 uh but he still looks to be the prototypical running back in today's nfl he's big he can take hits he can catch passes he can be in for third downs i think that he's a guy who's going to make some noise and that you're getting at great value um looking right now with uh with a third round third or fourth round adp who is your qb1 from this class Right now, it still has to be CJ, bro. I mean, I absolutely loved what AR-15 was able to do at the Combine. He did literally everything. Wow. He ran a 4.44. He uh, weighed in at 2.44. He's 6.4. I just think that there's something about him that is special. I don't know exactly how he is going to do or where he's going to get drafted. I think that as far as a fantasy option, he gives you that rushing upside, which is absolute prime. Surprise, motherfucker. Uh, CJ Stroud, on the other hand, I mean, he didn't run a 40, I'm pretty sure. But like Jahia had said, this guy threw the ball like an absolute pure passer. Exactly what you wanted to see, exactly what the scouts wanted to see. Probably made some iffy comments about who he would probably compare himself to. But he said Michael Vick and Deshaun Watson. Yo, that's kind of wild, bro. It's kind of wild, but nonetheless, I mean, decision making might be an <laughs> iffy thing for him right now. Hopefully, he gets his head on his shoulders again. 
But I probably am rocking with C.J. Stroud. How about you, Josh? I, I fuck with C.J. He's my QB1 from this class. Bryce Young is my QB2. Uh, I guess Anthony Richardson for now would be my QB3. He just has to uh, – I think he's going to be a great passer. Uh, but I do think that he's probably going to have to sit for a year to kind of develop, you know, get some more experience under his belt. Um, but I got C.J. Stroud as my QB1. Yo, so, I, so. I want to leave this probably for next week, uh, but I want to leave y'all with this. I think I'm a Bryce Young hater. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't I don't love him. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's going to be all that special. I'll leave the rest for next week, though. I might agree with you. Uh, But until we talk to you again next week, we hope you guys have an amazing week. We hope you uh, obviously, you know, click follow down there on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you may get the podcast. And uh, stay tapped in with us. Uh, We'll talk to you soon. And uh, good evening.